You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more, every Thursday at 7pm. Today's guest of The Political Periscope is Alexandre Vondra, member of the European Parliament and former Deputy Prime Minister for European Affairs of the Czech Republic. Political Periscope Since last year, we live in new geopolitical reality. And what is the place of Czech Republic in this reality? Well, I think that we all uh, have to cope with this new reality. Certainly, uh, the Russia uh, aggressive uh, imperialistic revival is a special concern for uh, all the countries, north to south, who are somehow adjacent uh, uh, to to the borders. Although, you know, luckily we do not have any direct border with uh, uh, Russia like Poland or uh, some others have. Uh, so, yes, it means even more than before uh, to cooperate, to work together, to regain the strength, to arm ourselves, to modernize our armies, to modernize our military uh, infrastructure in the uh, Eastern Theater and uh, to keep uh, the West united as long as uh, as we may. So we really need the United States here because without uh, the American, without the British support, the Ukrainians would be uh, in much uh, worse situation than they are now. Um, so that's the challenge let's say in the western in europe but then also is the other challenge in the global arena because you know there are two impacts of this russian aggression on one hand you know luckily it brought some extraordinary amount of the western unity on the other hand the west is isolated more than ever before if you take the stand of China, India, South Africa, Brazil and other uh, powerful countries uh, in the global arena. So it's a serious shift from some multilateral dreams into uh, a more multiple reality. And it brings back a lot of the issues which some uh, idealists uh, consider that are completely outdated, like the meaning of the borders, the access to the raw materials, uh, the number of tanks, and uh, etc. So those are still important issues, like they were. Czech Republic um, has always been very close with Germany. But right now we are observing a crisis of German leadership in Europe. What do you think, uh, where this shift in European Union will go and what uh, Czech Republic will do? Well, I, yes, we have a Germany as a very important partner in the economy and trade. It's one third of our uh, economic exchange and it's the largest investor in our country. So, yes... Uh, if there is a economic problem in Germany, if Germany uh, has 
some flu, uh, then it's immediately MERS in, in our country, uh, even having a, a, a greater problem. So we cannot omit what's happened in Germany. Uh, looking on on this geopolitical issue or on security in the broader sense, uh, yes, uh, there was a lot of naivety uh, in German thinking in the last couple of decades. There were a lot of dream. They were dreaming, you know, about the world, you know, of peaceful cooperation, love on the global uh, scale. Uh, yes, something what, you know, if this would be a reality, that's not so bad for the s- states, which are not a superpower, and Czech Republic is not a superpower, so these cooperative models are fine, but they must be a reality. But the problem is that uh, this is not as much reality now, so it's a painful and uh, long-time process of... Uh, um, uh, mentality shift in 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 in, in Germany, and uh, we'll see. You know how it is gonna uh, to develop. For the time being, fine. You know Germans uh, as listening to. Uh, thanks God, finally they listen to our warnings. So, you know, I remember how the Poles and Czechs were warning them because of the Nord Stream, and they were always, you know. Uh, counter-arguing that Sasha, don't be afraid, you know, it's not a new pact, Molotov, Riddentrop, like the Poles were arguing, it's rather a standard relationship between the two business partners, which uh, everybody needs uh, other, but then suddenly they they were exposed to a huge amount of uh, vulnerability and I think wake up into the reality. And the same is with Putin behaving now, so uh, we'll see, you know, I think here the Chancellor's uh, thesis about the Zeitenbende uh, is basically correct. It's after many, many years when I had read some German piece of essay and uh, would rather agree with the consent, you know, those previous contribution by Al Habermas and others, it was not worth of reading. It was the world of illusion, not of the reality. But now they woke up somehow. Uh, but still, you know, it's a difficult debate inside, you know, very different voices, you know, if you take Sarah Wagenknecht and its petition. So, well, see, you know, I think that the German policy will undergo the uh, rocky times and rough times and uh, we'll see how it is resulting. Right now we have a very strange situation because on the on one hand we have the rise of meaning of Central Europe states in the EU uh, such countries as Poland as uh, Czech Republic we are being heard um, on the other hand we have uh, Hungary which is also in Central Europe and which is stopping many initiatives so what is the current meaning of regional initiatives such as Visegrad group or the Free Cis initiative you know I was always defending Viktor Orban when he was fighting for some conservative values uh, although you know the liberal Czechs were critical about him so we, we were divided in my own country on this now you know I have a problem with his stand towards Moscow 
I told them uh, very openly that I'm expecting a shift here because it uh, damaged our, uh, it's damaging our effort, you know. Um, but, you know, I would not uh, uh, burn Visegrad group. I think it's a very useful uh, uh, group of uh, countries and mode of cooperation. In fact, uh, it's an opportunity uh, to discuss with the Hungarians because I don't think it makes a sense to isolate them. Uh, and even during the Czech presidency, for example, we were successfully managing, you know, to find some kind of a solution with regards uh, to some of their vetoes, uh, potential vetoes toward uh, the help to Ukraine in exchange for releasing some of their money, which uh, uh, were blocked by the EU. Uh, so if there is a communication, we can achieve something rather than uh, by isolating them. Uh, but again, I strongly disagree uh, with Viktor Orban's policy towards the Ukraine. I think Ukraine deserves our support and not uh, uh, to uh, put the hurdles into their effort to defend uh, freedom and sovereignty of their country. It's maybe not uh, the topic number one today um, because the war is uh, in the headlines. But FRISIS initiative stays a rather interesting concept here in Central Europe. It was seen by many Western countries as a, an attempt, maybe alternative for the EU, uh, for some countries. Uh, but is it really? Uh, what can be the role of FRISIS initiative in the European Union? No, I, I don't take it as an alternative to the European Union because, look, Czech Republic is a pro-export country which generates about 80% of our wealth by uh, trade, foreign trade-related activities. So we uh, want to keep our access to the market in Germany, in France and elsewhere in Europe. Uh, uh, in Poland, of course, too. It's a very important trading partner. So... Um, it's not a, 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 an idea to uh, to uh, to uh, uh, to substitute the EU, but it's an idea to complement it with, uh, let's say, uh, building a strong strategic relationship in the north-south axis, uh, and it has two uh, potential uh, important benefits. One benefits with regards to the West to be strong in negotiating uh, some issues within the EU, in particular after the British departure, because uh, here we are missing the Brits and uh, Polish strengths and uh, determination is the only way how to, 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 to balance that uh, kind of a uh, loss which uh, we have undergone. Uh, in particular when you are really now building a strong army, for example. And secondly, and it's related with that, it's, you know, an, a possibility how to uh, invest and modernize into various north and south uh, connection in the eastern part of Europe. And that's uh, uh, strategically very important, even vis-a-vis and uh, the, the Russian assertive uh, policy and, and the problems in the Ukraine. So it's the way how to help each other in a very strategic way of doing the thing. So I'm in favor of deepening the cooperation uh, of Trimarium. What is the future of the European Union? Is it going towards a super state or rather towards the collapse? <laughs> 
Uh, I'm afraid that if we take the roads toward the federal super state, the end could be a um, collapse. And I don't want, I don't wish the collapse. Again, I think what we have is free market, common market. It's a great thing which uh, generates a lot of health uh, to everybody. Uh, so we need to keep this together and to build uh, or to continue to transform the EU into some kind of an imperial superpower. It's a nonsense because there are so, uh, you know, we don't have a single political nation. We even do not have a single language, you know. Uh, more integration, but uh, similar, even more Babel uh, Tower syndrome, because everybody is using its own language. You know, the, the English is uh, going to be beaten now because of the British departure as uh, the only potential lingua franca for us, because, you know, to speak in English, it's fair for everybody from Germany. Uh, so... Uh, from Germany to France. So uh, I'm against building a super state because that's the prescription for building an inter in, uh, deep internal structure, uh, divisions and dividing lines. And I don't wish to collapse. So let's uh, keep it, uh, you know, more flexible. Uh, let's not build a kind of a Napoleonic, uh, you know, empire of Europe, or but rather developed uh, what we could see in Italy uh, during the Renaissance times, once there were these various city-states cooperating uh, uh, in the, some strategic issues, but uh, competing uh, among themselves in, in innovations and businesses that generated a lot of progress in science, for example, you know, that's the era which brought uh, Da Vinci, Machiavelli, Leonardo uh, to, to, to Europe. So, um, more open, more competitive uh, state, less empire, uh, less, uh, not a federation. It's, we are not uh, ready for this. Thank you very much. Bye. This was The Political Periscope. The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m. 